All right, swapping us over. Let's do it. Swing. Oh, we don't have any mumble audio. Hold on. Mm. Great start. <laughs> just show our faces for a second. Yeah. Just a, just a tease. tease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let everyone get. Uh, we'll slow. We'll ease them in. It's like getting into a cold pool. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, isn't the best way to get into cold uh, pools to just jump in? Still not yes. working. I don't know what's going on. Hold on. Trying to get there. Oh, you just did it again, huh? Yeah, it's still not working. Checking it out again. Welcome back to The Forecast, episode 163. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced and streamed on Thursdays, released on YouTube and podcast on Fridays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash the Horizon FB, or you can come hang out on our Discord channel, or you can check out our website, wearethehorizon.com. We have a bunch of original content for you to browse through there, including... Our multi arc Starfinder adventure. Man, I got to plug this every time. Discord and Signal. Yes. <laughs> oh! Not at all excited about it. Uh, additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I am Aaron, joined by a couple additional peeps. Caleb. Uh, hey, Caleb. that's me. Gotcha. Were you not expecting Caleb? We're, we're in a weird <laughs> order, and then I saw his face, and I was like, wait, uh, what's his Who name again? That? Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's right. that's right. Jake John. Hello. Alex. Hey, what's up? And OE93. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. All right. Off the top, off the top, I want to do a list. Are you guys okay with that? Oh, yeah. We love lists here. I I have for you today the 10 bizarre video game marketing campaigns. This is going to be... Well, it's, you know, interesting. All right, number 10. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 issued a tweet that a terror, a terror attack was happening in Singapore. What? As really? a marketing stunt to promote their game, what? Black Ops 3. That's, that's such a bad idea. Oh, that's a yeah. terrible plan. <laughs> bad. It's a bad idea. That seems like, like an easily... Like, been, like in the 90s, like still an awful idea, but like, you know, mm-hmm. the 90s. But like, when terrorism like a... didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Where you say that, and it's like most people probably go, maybe that's not true. But like today you say it and people go, yeah, pro- I mean, probably that might as yeah. well happen too. <laughs> Jeez, that's they go, another one. Okay. Yeah. And then they All go right, on their day. Add it to the list. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, the campaign, of course, backfired quickly on Twitter. Everybody, what? No way. Just got very nobody upset. Bought, nobody bought Black Ops Three. Yeah, I feel not like they could get in trouble person. for that. Like, you would with think governments so. or they, something. There's definitely yeah. someone that yelled at them you for would that. Think like so. someone somewhere was like, "No, I don't know. Well, I don't you know." Can, you can lie on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, comedy's legal now, right? Yeah, but this, this was pre-Elon. Mm. Um, number nine. This is, of course, an EA game, and this is not the last time we will hear EA in this list. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. 
Uh, number nine is EA. This is uh, Mercenaries 2 World in Flames. I don't know if anybody's played this game. Uh. Okay. Importantly, the campaign involves Venezuelan oil facilities. And in a marketing stunt, they offered uh -oh. 20,000 pounds worth of free fuel at a single gas station in London that caused gridlock for yeah, hours God. and hours and hours. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so stupid. Yep. <laughs> in fact, the police had to show up to actually clear everything out because it was causing such a problem with uh, transit in London. Yeah. How much did that cost them? Like, before <laughs> the police put them in jail for crimes. I <laughs> uh, don't know. Uh, what a mess. I mean, 20,000 pounds plus all the paid actors that were standing there in gear. So, so embarrassing. Yeah. Really. This is not. This isn't the EA game I thought you were gonna say. So hopefully the one I'm thinking of shows up later. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. All right. Number eight. Uh, Mafia Wars by Zynga. They okay. In order to promote this game, the company glued fake promotional bills to the sidewalks of the city of Manhattan, uh, New York City, and uh, of course this was a problem because it was a vandalizing the city sidewalks because they could not be picked up and they had to be literally removed with power washers and like you know that gooby gone stuff oh yeah oh sure well I, I absolutely thought you said gooby gun <laughs> yeah gooby gun. like g-o-b-y space gun well isn't it it's it's illegal to um what is it uh uh um Sort of distribute. It's illegal to distribute fake money. Oh, so yeah. So they had oh. to probably have done it in a way that no one could pick it up. Like if you if you glue it to the sidewalk, right? They you you have a reasonable way a defense of saying like we're not distributing it. This is supposed to be like a thing. People aren't supposed to like literally pick it up and try to use it as money. Mm. Mm. So is... I. Well, like, so, like, Monopoly money is obviously okay. So, like, where's... I'm just curious. Right? I mean, obviously, we don't know. We're not lawyers. I'm just curious where that line would be. I think it's, like, realistic. Okay. Or something, or, like, of a certain size. Because I, I know mm. all of this because um, Banksy has a bunch of money with uh, Banksy art printed on it. Uh, mm. and he can't he can't do anything with it because when he talked to his lawyer, his lawyer was like, "Hey, this is like super fucking illegal." Mm. And so Weird. he was like, "I can't distribute this stuff because if I do, it's like majorly illegal, at least in London." So he was like, "I, I just it just sits there in his warehouse of art." Isn't vandalism also illegal? Yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. I think that's like a I, I rule like, like he's he... willing to break. Whereas, like, hey, sure, counterfeiting sure. is a bigger, it's a yeah, bigger counter crime. counterfeiting. You get a lot more government agencies trying to come after you, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's probably not great for your mysterious art career. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, on number seven, another EA game. Here we go. Oh, can I guess it? Yes, you can. Go for it. Is it Dante's Inferno? It absolutely is Dante's <laughs> <Love> Inferno. <laughs> the marketing campaign for Dante's Inferno is hilarious. In 2009, EA hired a group of 20 fake protesters to demonstrate outside of the uh, Electronic Entertainment Expo in LA to protest the upcoming game Dante's Inferno. Most ridiculous thing about this incident is that the fake protesters found the perfect excuse to stage their protest. Religion. 
Um, according to the jokesters, the fake protesters held up picket signs asking people to, quote, trade in your PlayStation for a PlayStation. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. Is that is that all it says about Dante's Inferno? That is actually all that it says about oh, this specific marketing campaign. They yeah. did they did so much random shit. They um they ran a campaign for people to commit acts of lust with like booth babes at I think it was EA. Nice. Mm. Which, oh god. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Uh and then what else did they do? They sent reviewers boxes that would play some annoying song. It might have been Never Gonna Give You Up. Something like that. Uh, and the only way to make it stop was to smash it with a hammer. And then it would call you wrathful and say, like, something about Dante's Inferno. I don't know. They went hog wild for Dante's Inferno. They really thought they had something special. Clearly. Wow. I remember yeah, liking that game. Do you? I didn't never know played anyone played it. Yeah, I've never played it. Yeah. It's like a character action game, like kind of Devil May cry Hmm. Surprised you didn't go for the God of War comparison because it looked like God of War and yeah. everyone mm-hmm. compared it to God of War. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess I guess that is the comparison there, huh? On to number six. Splinter Cell Conviction. In a strange promotional stunt for the game that went way too far, in Auckland, New Zealand, a man with bandages on his hand threatened the patrons of a local bar with a fake gun. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah, what was the plan there? I, yeah. yeah. No. What's, what's the end game, right? He like, runs up and he yells, buy Splinter Cell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or else. Did they have like an actor playing Sam Fisher who was supposed to come in and save everybody? Probably. And then they just did, weren't on cue. So the police were called <laughs> instead. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I feel like the actor. We should have asked some questions. <laughs> hey, I'll, yeah. we'll give you 20 bucks. Go into that restaurant with this fake gun. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. Man. I apparently, um, the police officers that responded could not immediately determine that the gun being brandished by the promotion worker was fake until it was removed mm-hmm. from him because they had taken off the orange tip. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this seems like a really good way to get shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of the questions in here in this list says, is death a justifiable end for a video game marketing campaign? I think the answer is no. Think of the news coverage, though. (laughs) That's national, baby. That might be international. It is. It is. All right, on to number five. This is Bethesda. Any guesses? Oh, is it uh, Fallout 76? Yeah. Nope. Damn. That's not the tote bag? Yeah, nope. that's what I was yeah, gonna right. go with is the tote bag. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't an advertising stunt though. That was something they were selling. True. That they that's lied fair, about. I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. On November eleventh, two thousand eleven at six oh eight PM, Dovahine was born. Oh to Megan and Eric Kellermeyer. Because Bethesda had a stunt for Skyrim in which they announced that any child born on the day the game was launched, that the parents named Dovahkiin would be given Bethesda games for life. Wow. <laughs> and they did it. They did. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, you can change your name. Uh, it's funny. It's not that hard. It's probably more expensive than Bethesda games for life, though. 
mean, yeah, all Bethesda their doesn't games? put out enough games. I don't right. think. But yeah, think of how many copies of Skyrim they own. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so many copies of Skyrim. I hope but they had legal like... check that out and make sure they stipulated it's one copy of each game and not. Yeah, mm. I bet they're like, you already got Skyrim on the original, like the original <laughs> launch. The you can't have it again. Yeah. Oh my. Can't boy. have it the fourth time. On to number four, Resident Evil Six. Uh. In this promotional, Resident Evil 6 decided to involve the creation of a meat at a local butcher shop that was handcrafted to look like human flesh. The butcher shop, Wesker and Son, uh, sold this meat, which was actually edible animal meat carefully constructed by a food artist to look like human body parts. It was open for two days, actually open for two days that the public could come buy this meat to take home and consume. That's, that's how much that did they bad. sell compared to the other stuff? I think doesn't it doesn't I, say yeah, how no much they sold. No one had a gun, so like <laughs> yeah, the there. there's there's a lot of bonuses on this one versus yeah. the others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no guns. That's that's a good positive. It's weird for sure. It's, that's it's for no sure. terrorism. It's very strange. Yeah, no crimes. Weird. No part of it was hmm. illegal. That's pretty okay. They also said that. Uh, like another part of this same campaign for Resident Evil Six was uh, create the creation of fake murder scenes in front of popular media businesses in London. See, that feels more illegal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That feels only a little more sketchy. Yeah. All right, on to number three. This is for Virtua Tennis Two. Oh, I know. I think I know this one. <laughs> oh, does it involve birds? It does involve yep. birds. Okay, let's go. Virtua Tennis 2, uh, published by Acclaim, came up with a good marketing stunt during Wimbledon 2017 to release painted homing pigeons with the game's logo all over Wimbledon. What a stunt, such guys. It's such a good the idea, The pigeons dude. were painted? They were painted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the logo. You know, like, don't act like you've never seen a bird and been like, what's that logo on its wing? (laughs) So Um, dumb. This says, although Wimbledon is already famous for the occasional descent of pigeons, this will be the first time that people would get to see a painted pigeon, especially one that bears a very specific message, and that for Virtua Tennis 2. There are just some strange ways to market your game. Yeah, Acclaim, Acclaim, I think, is pretty famous for doing bullshit marketing things. I think they actually did the baby naming thing. No, it wasn't. Number two, Acclaim. Oh, my God. Let's go. <laughs> You're really good at this list. You I made am. It. Weirdly good. Uh, number two, Acclaim um, for the game Turok Evolution. Yes. Mm. Offered $10,000 to the first parent to name their newborn child after the dinosaur. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, after the hero in the game, not the dinosaur, but after the hero in the game. The hero in Turok isn't a dinosaur? Uh, is it? A, it's not a dinosaur, is it? It's not. No, I'm talking with No. <laughs> what is the name of the hero? Because that seems like at least maybe less awful. I assume it's Turok, but I don't know. It's, I would assume I, it's so. Gotta be, I'm going to Google Turok now. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. Turok, what is it? Uh, you said the, the, the protagonist. The player um, assumes control of Talset, parentheses, Turok. There you go. <laughs> okay. That's his, his nickname? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This one says there's, the protagonist is Joshua Fireseed, which seems like... That... 
That's a name like Joshua Fireseed. Um, I mean, if you just Joshua, right? You're like middle name Fireseed. I don't know. Like, <laughs> interesting note on this one though. Um, apparently, after the challenge was was issued, it received thousands of responses when it offered five hundred pounds and an Xbox game console to anyone in Britain who was willing to change their legal name to Turok. Five people changed their name legally to Turok. We're given 500 pounds in an Xbox game console. Fast forward to 2020. And uh, one of the staff writers for uh, VG247 decided to track down the five people that changed their name. Turns out they were paid actors who fake changed their name and were didn't even get any money for it. It just was a, the whole goal was to just generate buzz around the campaign. Oh, and the game. Wow. Oh. I mean, I guess it. They probably did get like news coverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I think those I mean, people and, that named their kid Dovahkiin did that fakely. That does were actors that's as well. Maybe. A good question. <laughs> Are you ready for number one? Yeah, of course. Any guesses? Any guesses? Any guesses? Another EA game. It's another EA game, yes. Is it another EA game? It is another EA game. What EA game? One of the Star Wars. Nope. Is it mm. Dead Space 2? Nope. No, okay. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Maybe you guys know what actually happened. It is Mass Effect 3. I, I have nothing. no idea. I cannot say. Did they shoot someone into space? Before the <laughs> launch of Mass Effect 3, the well, EA decided that they would give some special players a chance to play the game in a very unique way. The first copies of the game were carried up to space by weather balloons and then released uh, to slowly float down no, to Earth. That's such a bad idea. People <laughs> on the ground could track the falling games thanks to attached GPS devices. Oh my gosh. Oh, and they cool. targeted specifically New York, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Berlin, London, and Paris. Uh, okay. Mm hmm When a fan uh, wanted to get a copy of this game, all they needed to do was create an EA online account and then track down copies of the game they fell to Earth at using EA's GPS system. Once the game landed, it became an open race because it notified everybody where it was and was open race to get to the game first. I mean, if you are 100% sure it's not just going to fall and kill a million people. <laughs> There's no way a disc would fall at terminal velocity and yeah. just be spinning, you I, know. I mean, you said that it was released slowly or like it floated, right? So like it came down without hurting people. Uh I mean, I would it, that's what it says, but it also says people on the ground could track the falling game. So I don't know like were I they mean, falling fall in a package? Was it a weather yeah. balloon? I would assume a, I don't know, man. I mean, they I don't know had enough parachutes, you know. I just man, like what if a bird runs into it? Mm -hmm. And then like this game's just falling from space mm -hmm. into my head. <laughs> Cuz I mean, like if I know anything uh from learning shit from Mark Rosewater, not Mark Rosewater, uh oh god, fuck the guy on YouTube, Mark whoever that guy is. That does um, went down. Yeah, there's only one Mark <laughs> on YouTube. Mark Robert. Yeah, Mark, Mark Robert. So that's Thank the guy. You. Yeah, um, you knew is it. that, you know, there's 
what like hundreds upon hundreds of weather balloons that are released every single day at the same exact time and that they drop to earth so like i don't know random shit falling from the sky is kind of the norm apparently that's how they track uh wind patterns across the globe Hmm. Mm -hmm. i Um, saw that video so the first see me and alex got the same feed the first comment on this uh, was back in February twenty, February 17 of 2012. This is when they were launching the weather balloons. The game did not actually release until March 6th. So anybody who got a copy, got a copy pretty far in advance. Hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the uh, top 10 uh, most bizarre video, video game marketing campaigns. I'm sure there's others too. I'll keep on on a look for some others, but those are pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like that order should have been reversed, and we should have done the yeah fake because the weather attack last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely that's definitely the worst one. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Oh, the for guy sure. holding up a pub. Yeah, also gun bad. Is also pretty bad. Pretty much yep. any one where you're like, let's introduce real world violence mm-hmm. into this marketing yeah. campaign. It's like, no, yeah. no, no, don't. Pro- fake not real world violence is not great. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to what have you been playing lately? And uh, Owen, we're going to start with you this week. Awesome. So I've been playing this game called Pokemon Violet. Went the Violet route rather than Scarlet. Um, you know, it's like it's this like indie game, you know, it like kind of looks a little mobile but um, it's on the Switch. Uh, gotta say, fucking awesome. I'm having <laughs> so much fun with this game. Uh, I know that there is a large controversy and everyone's complains about that it looks like ass, um, but I'm having the best of time playing the game, and I've easily sunk probably 100 hours into it since launch. And I'm not even done yet. I'm just running around catching stuff. Is there an expectation that those games look nice? No. Okay. So what's I don't like, understand why everybody's complaining if it doesn't look good if there's no expectation that they actually look good. Crazy, I think crazy it's thought. more like there's a lot of like pop in and stuff. Oh. Like they changed the art style; they went from like more two D to like three D, mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. bad three D. Oh god, yeah. I seem like there's a lot of bugs too. There's definitely a lot of bugs. Uh, I have and seen people that are real with that. I mm-hmm. uh, I understand, but also. Every game that I play nowadays has a bug in it, so I kind of don't give a shit anymore. I'm just, I just expect it to be half made when I play and buy a game now. That's just. I feel like that's a really bad defense. <laughs> I mean, it, that's fair, but it's also just, I don't know, I don't judge games on bugs anymore because if you judge games on bugs, then don't buy a game the first year it comes out ever. I, I, I can't think of a single game that came out that doesn't have a fucking bug in it that someone complained about. At launch, I just can't. Uh, I mean, I think there's there's a difference though, right? We're not talking about oh, it has a bug. We're talking about like true. it's your really bike buggy. disappearing, Pokemon shooting off into the center of the ocean, or, or like into the ground, people going out of bounds, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, you I know? mean, it, there there it is. I think of a stronger severity, but I also think that the game is fun as hell, and I haven't had any issues with it. And so, I don't know. I saw somebody saying that like you had to like shut down your console every hour to stop a memory leak or something like that. And yep, I was like, I don't know I what bet. the fuck you're talking about because I haven't shut down my console for like a week and haven't had a single issue with that. So, I don't know. 
I, I think uh, some of it was a little blown over proportion. Uh, I understand that people are upset and they want, you know, uh, a better quality product from this team. Um, and, you know, there I have I have some of my own complaints about it. But for the most part, I think it's a really fun and good game. Um, the, my my complaints aren't even about the bugs. I just think it's more about uh the gameplay mechanics that they that were in Arceus that were left out of here that I think are drastically important if you're going to do the open world aspect of a game um mainly shiny pokemon should have um uh literally any sort of indicator uh audio or visual um, like as in Arceus, when a shiny Pokemon's there, you, it sparkles a little bit to let you know, hey, this one's different than all the others. Um, where you, they don't, they just took that out. And if you ever have tried to look at a Slowpoke and tell me the difference between a shiny Slowpoke and a regular Slowpoke, good fucking luck, my guy. Like that's crazy. I think that's terrible. Um, I think I that's don't really a... play Pokemon. Do the games change much? Generation to generation? The virtually usually, usually no. I'm curious if this one is different. Yeah, I, like this one, they really tried to do the, like, it's open world. Um, and for the most part, it is. Like, you can go anywhere. You can go to any town. And you can do, you can go to any town. I think the downside is that it's still keeping the, um, the, this area has Pokemon that are level 50. This area has Pokemon that are level 40. This area has Pokemon level 30. So, like, yeah, I can go to that town, but I'll get my fucking ass kicked if I walk out into try to battle any of these Pokemon or anything. So, like, that's not super great, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, what's kind the, of what's the point of being open world if you basically have to progress linearly anyways? Yeah, right. exactly. Like, there are it's definitely i think like once you get past the opening area that everything's like level five you, you have a ton of options of where to go like you can go this side of the map or that side of the map and you can kind of go around or, like there's definitely more places that you can go which i think is good but you know going one or two places isn't exactly the best in my opinion uh to I, I just don't think that it works well. Um, so, but it, so it does sound weird. more open than like uh, Sword and Shield, which was the previous the previous mainline Pokemon games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely a lot more open from them. So I think that's good. I think that that hits cool. the um, the nail on the head there. And I like the openness. I like walking around and seeing stuff and being able to um you know see all the pokemon interacting with each other and shit like that like i i truly think that's a pretty solid time um so honestly speaking i think that the game's uh not as bad as a lot of people put it out to and there's just a couple of things that i'm just it just seems weird that they had things that were in arceus like in something that they already figured out like hey this is how we should do open world stuff. And then they just took it out and there's, they Weird. didn't have it. I, um, I wonder, and I don't know specifically what 
features you're talking about but could it, it could it be because arceus didn't really have like there were no gym leaders or anything right it was just yeah. kind of go catch stuff and so maybe trying to make it fit like the rpg mold a little more yeah they couldn't... so i i yeah i think that's that's a little bit of it um because uh, like arceus had a very fun catch system and I understand being like, hey, you're playing this to be the RPG. You know, you're playing this to battle. You know, you still got to do the typical weaken the Pokemon and then throw the Pokeball, right? Whereas Arceus, you just chucked Pokeballs at whatever you saw, and eventually one of them was going to stay in the ball. And so I understand, like, that's like a very different gameplay aspect. But I also, what I, what I think that was tedious, but also interesting about Arceus was how Arceus allowed you uh i wouldn't say allowed it gave you an incentive to catch more of a pokemon mm -hmm. there was something there of just being like hey if you catch a you know x amount of this pokemon or you do x amount of things with this pokemon you'll get the full research for it and when you get the full research for it your you know like your shiny chance ups just a little bit but you know it does help Sure. And I feel like having that there would have been kind of nice because then it's something versus the regular gameplay, which like I don't have if if I don't want that Pokemon on my team, I don't have to capture it. A seems also antithetical to got to catch them all. And then to that point, once you catch one of whatever that is and level it up or something, you don't need to capture another one. And the nice thing about Arceus was that as you continued walking around and seeing more of the same Pokemon, you still had an incentive to capture that same Pokemon. Whereas here, once you catch it, you're going to see it another 40 fucking times and you have zero reasons to look at it. Yeah. And I, do, so... I do wonder why they went back to the old, like the old catch system worked in the old games. The old catch system being like you weaken it, you throw the ball. Mm -hmm. And then, like, depending on their health and any status effects, you had a chance to catch it. That always seemed, like, really... It was always really tedious. Like, it worked in the old games, but it was never, like, a fun part of the game. Yeah. So it seems like if you're going to change anything, that would be, like, a really good place to just be like, fuck it, just... Like, what Ar it sounds like what Arceus did, right? Where it's just like, fuck it, just throw it, and maybe you'll catch it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's really what they, they tried, and they tried to do something different rather than being tedious, and... I mean, I understand, you know, battling and, and weakening it is kind of classic, but I really kind of liked Arceus, and I feel like there there should be a kind of mix between the two of one that's not so find Pokemon and spam like you're in a first-person shooter, uh, but also one that's not so that doesn't just take forever when you see a Pokemon and you're just like, okay, I found the Pokemon. Now I got to fight it. And now I got to use all of my suboptimal moves and weaken it like just a little bit. So that way I don't accidentally kill it because I don't know if I'm going to see it again. And so now mm -hmm. I'm using all these weak moves and then eventually it's weak. And now I'm going to throw a bunch of Pokeballs and there's still a chance that it doesn't get caught. So now I got to like throw 15 Pokeballs at it. And it takes a while because each turn takes like a minute. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this takes forever. I kind of go like something in between the two, right? I think is is where you want to find the sweet I mean, spot of quick, but not too quick. It really just seems to me like if you see a Pokemon in the wild and you want to catch it, let me just throw a fucking ball at it. Like if I want to train up my Mons and level them up, I can fight it. 
and keep exactly. the gym system because the gym system's always been like great. Mm-hmm. But like, why not keep the really quick capture? Because that seems like fun. And again, kind of core to the Pokemon thing of like catching them should be fast and fun and not yeah. like a huge chore. I don't and, know. And definitely like that is Arceus is it's a lot more fun on the catch because you're just spamming through it. And I also, uh, you know, exactly what you said is that like I have reasons to try to level up my mons because I wanted to be able to defeat the bosses. Right. And so this has that same exact feel of like, hey, there's a reason to fight the mons and things because you want to try to fight the gym leaders. So you want to train up your Pokemon. And also, if you kept the same system in Arceus, that was like, hey, if you this uh, for like the research thing of like, hey, if you catch a bunch of them and if this Pokemon uses X amount of moves this many times, you get the shiny chance increase. Sure. I, there's another reason why I'm battling with the Pokemon then, right? Like now I have more of a reason to battle with this Pokemon than just it's here yeah weird yeah um but all, like i said i'm having a good time with it i think the thing that they do really well is all of the the gym bosses and like the the um uh yeah not what i don't know if you call them like the team rock ever like the bad guys and this is team star and sure. it's i really like how all of the gyms and all of the Team Star things are basically all different type bosses. And I thought that they did a really good job with this. And I I, I also understood what was going on with the storyline a lot better than where Sword and Shield, it kind of felt like you didn't have to do stuff or you did stuff and you weren't really paying attention to what it was for, whether it was for like the plot or of like the main game or the plot of just the gym bosses or whatever. You were just kind of like, okay, I don't know why I'm fighting this person, but this person wants to fight me. Whereas like this, I like, I know why I'm fighting people. Sure. Um, and so I think they did a good job with that. And I was very happy with it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Jake, how about you? What have you been playing lately? Me. Uh, so over Thanksgiving, I brought my Steam Deck to my mom's house and I played Stray finally. Uh, I'm a little late to this party, uh, mm -hmm. but I played the whole thing and it's 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 all right. It's, it's pretty all right. Uh, mm. It's just all right. I feel like there's not a lot of gameplay. It's a very short game. Pretty minimal. It is only like what two or three hours, well, or something like not that. Not even. Not even. It's short. Like the first like half of it is walk over here and then push a a bunch and don't don't worry about jumping we'll handle the jumping just walk over here and push a and we'll show you jumping over there and you do that for a long freaking time a lot of the game is just walking over and pushing a at stuff very well eventually sim walking simulator -y. yeah eventually there's like some stealth and the stealth isn't bad it's fine it's okay but like for a long time, I was like, wow, so this is this is the whole game. Huh? I'm just walking around pushing A at stuff. This is a, like, yeah. It says five hours to beat on how long to beat. Just let me I can look at how long, long I have it. Sounds about right. I have. Oh, 7.2. Admittedly, huh. playing it during Thanksgiving, there was a lot of like <laughs> setting it down and then going and doing something else or joining a conversation. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Maybe a little inflated, but okay. I think I honestly my biggest issue with that that jumping system 
where like rather than pushing a and you jump you walk over to a spot where you can jump and then an a appears and then you push it and you can jump it is it's really inconsistent with how far you can jump like the number of times i would get stuck on a puzzle because i would look at a ledge and go well i can't jump that far <laughs> and then after like a minute of wandering around i'd go back and i'd be like oh i can jump that far this time and then other times I'd look at the ledge and be like, oh, yeah, I can make that. And I'd walk up and I'd like mash A all along the ledge and be like, oh, I guess this ledge just isn't. This isn't it this time. I don't know. It wants you to take a pretty particular path most yes. of the time. It's, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, they basically mapped out the jumping path and we're like, OK, they'll they'll figure it out. We're not going to put any indicators, but they'll guess it. <laughs> they'll know. So it's I mean, it's it's. It's all right. Like I said, I, I think I only paid twenty dollars for it, and I'd say oh, I had that's a, a good, good deal. I'd say yes, I had like a twenty dollar good time with it. I think it's a thirty dollar <laughs> game, regular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, for that I price point, it. I think it was pretty good. I think. I mean, I, it's I not really supposed to be said, like a gameplay focus game. I don't think. Well, sure, but like, I it's don't know. like it's very heavily like environmental storytelling and like puzzle solving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's basically it's, it. Yeah, fair. Absolutely fair. I don't know um, that I'd put it in all these game of the year lists that it's in, but yeah, mm, yeah. Alex, I don't know. You're I skipping, really you're skipping a lot of content right now. <laughs> yeah, save it, save it. Uh, the other thing I've been playing, and I've been streaming this one, is Kingdom Hearts: Chain of Memories. So this is the second Kingdom Hearts game they ever made. It was originally a Game Boy Advance game. They re-released it. I'm playing like the HD version. Uh, and it, I remember liking it a lot more when I was, you know, eight or whatever. Uh, so it, it's weird because, so Kingdom Hearts, for those of you who don't know, it's, you can pretty much button mash your way through it, right? You can basically just attack the enemies, just mash X to attack, and you can basically get through the entire game like that. But Chain of Memories, they were like, it's, we should have a card system. That's what this was missing the whole time was like a card system. So now... When you push X to attack, you actually you have a deck of cards and each card is an attack and each attack has a number. And like the enemies also attack with cards. And so like if you play a card and they play a card and their number is better than your number, they cancel your attack and do their attack instead. It's. In theory, it's a cool idea. But since it's real time, it's really easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to like, let me just try to like do a combo real quick. And then you just get like if the enemy has a bunch of cards that are higher than yours, they'll just keep breaking your attack and you can't like do anything. Hmm. Yeah, I it, feel like in in real time really makes it a lot worse because I remember doing it in on the on the GBA. Mm -hmm. And on the GBA, since it's turn based, you know, like you do a card, they do a card, you do a card, you know, like oh, it was it was real time in the Game Boy Advance version as well. Was it really? I don't absolutely. remember that. I don't remember mm -hmm. it being that bad. No, so... it, it absolutely was Ooh. real time. It it works actually pretty well when you're up against bosses because, like, you're basically going one card to one card. The real issue comes in when there's like a bunch of enemies. Because, like, I've definitely had scenarios where, like, literally, I will play a card. Like, one enemy will play a card. I will play a card to beat their card, and a different enemy will immediately beat my card. Which, like, <laughs> stuns you for a second, so you can't play another one. 
But like, since there's a bunch of enemies, one of them can play a card, and then a different one can play a card. It's just, it's, it's a whole thing, and it doesn't. I don't think it works very well. Mm. Yeah, it, it was an interesting idea, but I don't think the execution works. I, many, I think. Sorry, go ahead. How many remakes have they done? Or like, I don't know what they're calling of them. I guess this. I think just two. Just two. Okay. Yeah. Um. Maybe three if you count the HD version as maybe a separate one. Okay. Because I th I think there was the Game Boy Advance version, and then I think Re Chain of Memories might have been like a PS3 game, and I'm playing the HD collection on PS4. But I think that's just Re Chain of Memories, maybe with HD textures or something. Got it. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um. I'll go next. Uh, I've only really been playing a couple things, one of which we'll talk with about uh, when Alex gets to his turn. Uh, the other of which is uh, Warzone. Been putting a lot of time in Warzone, not nearly as much as Chad. If you look at Chad's numbers, his numbers Jeez. are... Whoo, that man. Been putting some time into Call of Duty, let me tell you. Um, I did, on accident, right before I left for Thanksgiving, leave uh, Modern Warfare running on my computer mm. until I got back. So my hours nice. are a bit inflated from the past. Sure you, did. you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, watch it. Watch it. Did you anyway. at least turn on a script to grind out XP or whatever you do in that game? <laughs> whatever you do in that <laughs> game. No, I did not. I should have. Mm, that would have been a good shame. idea. Um, I have been playing a lot of their new mode that's in beta that's called DMZ, which is uh, kind of a new foray into the extraction-based Tarkov-y style mode game mode uh that call of duty has decided to try out it's currently in beta um it is a 20 minutes in and out oh that's like a this is like a frank rice game uh it's a 20 minutes in and out uh game where you jump in you do a whole bunch of tasks in an open world that's kind of got like a a narrative in the world where you're fighting just some ai and then also there's real world players in and around the map i think there's like 20 players Every so time like you drop Marauders, in. but with actual guns and not like, space. Yeah, like Marauders, but with like way more things to do currently. Hmm. So Marauders, you run in, you fight AI, but then you also see players. But Marauders is also pretty complicated in that you gotta like, you gotta know a specific ammo type for the guns you have. You have a specific uh, backpack size. You're trying to like move things around in it to manage your inventory. Like actually move the blocks around in the backpack, like Tetris. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, DMZ is not really like that. It's a little bit more uh, mission focused. And so you mm. you jump in on an absolutely enormous map. There are several sessions where I have gone through. I have not met another player. It just, I go in, I play for 20 minutes. I do like four or five missions. Maybe I open some locked doors that I haven't opened before. And then I extract and I'm, I'm done. Um, do you think you, the map is too big? I think they don't have enough players yet. Ah, uh, I think the, okay. the, the route they chose early on at least because again it's still in beta so there's a lot of things you still can't do right now like if you extract with cash you can't use it for anything if you extract with weapons they're called it's called contraband and essentially you can take that back in with you the next time you go to the dmz but if you lose it it's gone forever that's how tarkov works um so like part of that is in beta um and so i think what they did was they really wanted people in the game playing it trying things out capturing SAM sites, capturing um, 
you know, like the strongholds, which is like an area where, you know, the enemy AI have a door, you have to find a key card. And then you go into the door, you clear out the stronghold. It notifies everybody else on the map that you're doing it. There's also like little um, mini activities throughout the map as well. Like there's like this like moving gas cloud where you can go find the chemist in the middle. You get a special gun drop from that and it unlocks a special gun in, in Modern Warfare for you. But all of that is happening on this huge map. And I think what they wanted people to do is interact with the gameplay rather than be frustrated with coming across players that just mow you down because they come from Tarkov or they play a lot of Marauders or something. And so they're like, ooh, DMC's the next thing. We got to just sit on the extraction zones and wait for people to show up and then kill them all, loot their stuff and leave. Because that tends to happen in extraction-based games. People just kind of hover over the top of an extraction zone until you show up. In Tarkov, I think people normally, uh, you find creative ways to either mask yourself or hide yourself or extract in a way that's not obvious to the other players on the map. In this one, you walk up to an extraction zone and you launch a flare in the air that anybody can see from like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of meters away. And so they can easily come over and kill you. And I think, that's probably why with the low player count, they're just like, go try it out. Let's see how this works. We'll adjust some of the the concepts of what we're actually applying to this. And then, you know, as we get sort of seasonal updates, they're going to make some adjustments and changes to it. I, the only thing I'd probably say about it is one of the coolest things about Call of Duty is their choice to include proximity chat. Um, oh. Yeah. It's a... There, there have been plenty of moments, both in Warzone, which is their you know battle royale, and then uh, DMZ, which is this extraction mode, where you're just like running from building to building, looting stuff or picking things up, and you'll just hear people talking. Mm. It's quite hilarious, and so you can proximity chat back to them. There's uh, ways to like join up with teams, so you can like take in a squad of three into Warzone, and if you meet another squad of three, you can join up and become a giant squad of six and then go kill everyone. Super fun. Hmm. Um, but the proximity but chat, I think... you can't break the, the squads. You cannot break it. You cannot break the squads, which is really important because you wouldn't want a, a lot of people just joining and then murdering the other half of the squad and taking all their stuff. You know, build up the trust and tear it down. We leave that for <laughs> board games that I play with Alex, <laughs> like the thing. Uh, so anyway... The proximity chat is super cool because you hear people in like normal, casual conversation with their squad running around, not thinking anybody's paying attention because they're just using in-game chat like a bunch of idiots. Wow. Yeah. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. But quite fun. Uh, It's a good game so far. I think uh, in general, Modern Warfare does a great job with gunplay. Um, The game just feels polished and this feels even more polished than their uh, past two releases. So really happy with it so far. I'm just ready for them to take the next steps with DMZ and figure out where that's going to go, because I think it'll be a cool game mode. Um, all right, Alex, what have you been playing lately? Stop moving your eyebrows like that. You're freaking me out. <laughs> all right, for those uh, of you who are just listening to the podcast, Alex's eyebrows are moving approximately two and a half inches from their normal position. They're touching his hairline. They're moving up so oh high. Hair, and the hairline's way up there. Head, yeah. You see the size <laughs> of that man's forehead? Got him. Wow! Thank you, God. So, this is my last podcast. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what? I just wanted to bring up uh, Across the Obelisk again because we continue to play it so much. I know we've talked about it before on the podcast, but we've got a bunch more characters unlocked now and a lot more like variety to gameplay. 
just for a quick refresher, this is the roguelike deck builder multiplayer player co-op. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's been a ton of fun. Um, I've mostly just been playing like the support slash healer role and the amount of variety and how you can approach that and just that one role has been very interesting. Uh, Every highly time recommend we start that game. a new run. I'm like, does anybody want to change roles? And everybody's like, no. Okay. Keep <laughs> going with what we got. I play frontliner tank every time. Chad always plays some sort of like rogue or an archer. Caleb always plays a you know some sort of caster, and then Alex sits in the back line playing support. Yeah, because I've moved from like the basic guy just doing direct healing to people to a new character which really focuses on shields instead of healing, which was kind of interesting. And he gets like a little bit of healing off of his shields. And then now to this new girl who's got like a couple of ways you can play her, but one of them is just like you just do dark damage to the enemies. And anytime you apply dark to people, it heals the lowest person on your team. So you just best defense is a good offense, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just smite people with dark and heal smite. everybody off, off that. It's very cool. Oh, fuck. But, I just remembered <laughs> another game I was playing. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Was it smite? <laughs> No, it's Lasta. That's Lasta. Yeah. I don't know why you thought of it from Smite. Because there's a warlock now and they can smite people. Warlock smites, not Paladin? Oh, yeah. Sorry. There you go. Wow. I think Across the Obelisk does. Okay, the weirdest thing about Across the Obelisk is that Chad has played 75 hours of this game. Does oh, it doesn't seem like a like Chad super game. strange. No. I was about yeah. to say it doesn't seem like a Chad game. I mean, not a Chad granted, game. very much not. A, a lot of He's times here he so we can be... talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times he'll simultaneously be playing Modern Warfare and this. Yeah. Mm, like just take his turn or something, and then yeah. while everybody else is taking their turns, he plays Call of Duty. But also... it's very funny because he plays both of them simultaneously, and then he'll be like, "Yeah, I'm at the top of the scoreboard in Modern yeah. Warfare." <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and every few plays... minutes, I have to stop and play a turn of cards. The man, I don't know how he's at the top of the scoreboard because the man only plays Shoot House. And it's like a super tiny map where you spawn and there's just instantly bullets flying everywhere. I don't get it. But I think there's a couple like quality of life things that ATO does really good. Um, one of them is follow the leader. I think that's super smart. Uh, <laughs> I like it. We tend to. Like so, you get to like a decision point where you're like, all right, choose from these five options. You may have hidden options or whatever, and everybody gets to select one, and then it gets this system where it's like pick a card based on value if if there's a tie. But otherwise, you just click the follow leader, and then you let Caleb do do it himself. All right, where are we going, Caleb? Figure it out. I don't care. I mean, we played it enough. We know the paths we take through right the areas at this point. That's too bad. I, th- I, I always like the Solasta system where even if there's only one option, everyone has to vote <laughs> for that yeah. option before it moves That's on. Or if you have, to do, you have to do every yeah. option, it makes you vote for each option individually one mm-hmm. by one. True. Such a, it's such a good system. It's a very good system. It's great. Um, the, the other quality of life thing I really like about this game is the ability to save and load uh, your loadouts. So like your perk points that you apply that's for the roguelike portion of this, uh, you can just save and load setups for that. So if you want to completely change your build for one specific character, you just do it. I mean, you don't have to go back and, you know, reassess like 38, 40, 50 points, depending on how far in you are. You can just save and load them, 
make adjustments to it because there's pretty major changes you can do with a single perk change. For instance, I play oh, a guy yeah. currently with Fury, and Fury, you know, it causes you to deal extra damage, 3% damage per, per Fury stack. But at the end of the turn, all the Fury stacks I have uh, apply bleed to my character. So if I have 30 Fury stacks, now all of a sudden I got 30 bleed and I need a healer. But you can change those perks so I can make it go down to like, I don't suffer the effects of bleed, but Fury overall goes down in, in, in percentage damage increase. Or I can just be a masochist and I can be like, you know what? I'm going to get 5% Fury or 5% damage on my Fury stacks and I'm going to get one and a half times bleed. And also, yeah, there's no way to cleanse that bleed. You can't get rid of it unless you have a card that specifically says it gets rid of bleed. Which I picked up. Yeah. <laughs> Probably smart. He was Good pretty guy, much Alex. forced to when Aaron got yeah. 60 bleed on himself and has 120 yeah. health. Aaron yeah. just keeps on doing this. <laughs> we just unlocked this character recently. He keeps on trying to play him, and we keep on getting in situations where he's like, don't kill the front guy. I'll heal off of him. <laughs> hey. And then we're it like, okay, we'll leave him, I guess. And then we just all die because Aaron has killed himself and then the enemies that we didn't, we're not Get killing kill the rest of us. Get out of here. You you definitely do more damage to yourself than you take from enemies, I'm pretty sure at this point. I do, I do, I do. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on the build, okay? I'm not quite mm. dialed in yet. It's true. It's a recent character. Unlocked, yeah. So. yeah. So that, that save load thing also applies to cards. So if you have like a very specific card setup you want to do, when you get into game, it's like, well, I'm going to load a preset profile of cards so that's what I'm using, which is also really nice because a couple times we've joined in a game and like you have to go back through and, all right, what cards do I want to get rid of from this deck mm -hmm. of, you know, down to 15? What cards do I want to add to my hand? What cards do I want to upgrade with shards? And to what side do I want to upgrade? Because there's like two different pathways you can take on the upgrades. And you can just save and load those profiles so you can just like jump right back into a game. You don't have to spend time analyzing over and over and over again. I think that's really nice, honestly, like good quality of life. But yeah. uh, real, real quick, how is this? How does it work single player? You play all the characters. You mm -hmm. just play everyone. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, I which played seems one exhausting. Run through solo. Uh, well, it is faster than with a group of four because you know what each of your characters is doing. You just kind of slam through it. Sure. Don't have to wait on anybody. But plus, you don't have to do follow the leader or anything. You just pick your options. So sure. it's a little. It's faster. really. It's really fun as a social game, though, I think. It is. Yeah. Sure. You can just kind of relax that, between turns. You know, it sounds like half of this podcast <laughs> is already playing it. Mm -hmm. So oh, if sure, I wanted sure, to play yeah. it, I don't think I have a group. So I'll if join. I did play it, it would probably be solo. That's still not enough. It's four, <laughs> right? Well, you, you can, can play. I'm sure you can pull. Characters per person. Yeah. Okay, you can, can play one, two and two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We could get Ben. I'm, that's three. I'm sure you could also like probably pull some of us mm -hmm. if if you know we're not currently playing. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're not actively playing it. Yeah, we could we could join you as well because it is it is fun. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, because I need to rank up my people anyway. So yeah. Plus, okay. it'll be easy enough for us to not uh, kind of outshine you because we can just not assign all our perks mm -hmm. and go in without all our buffs. Wow, I so appreciate the, same. the pity. No, no, the level. You wow. You know how it is. You don't want Harsh. someone to be overpowered. Savage. Screw that. If I'm if I'm playing, I'm wrecking everything. Yesterday, <laughs> they, last night, see? last night we dropped the difficulty down because we kept on failing to unlock this new character, and 
we went almost the entire first act without me getting a turn because in the <laughs> beginning of the first act, Chad killed everything on his first turn. And then wow. a little bit later, it was like Chad and Aaron. And then a little bit later, it was Chad, Aaron, Caleb. And it just would never get to me. It would never get to me. And then I, very I like by the boss. boss finally. Yeah. Yeah. I got to play a turn. And actually, the first <laughs> turn I got to play, nobody had taken any damage, and I didn't have any damage cards, so I just didn't get to do anything. <laughs> okay, that is funny, though. Yeah. I. It's cool because we're also like, um, you know, like the, the pathway to unlock these characters really requires you to play quite a ways through the game. And again, the runs are pretty long. But also, we're like, we're learning new things and encountering new nodes and, you know, having new events occur all the time. In fact, we were just playing last night and Chad bought. So, like, you start with four items, right? You have, like, uh, armor, a weapon, a trinket, and uh, a potion. Like, those yeah. are the four. Um, and he had a specific trinket, and he just bought another, the exact same trinket, and it became a corrupted version, which we did not know was a thing. And corrupted versions are just, like, generally way better. significantly more powerful than the regular version. So now it's like, well, there's another pathway to get something, you know, yeah. more powerful. He, did, he like, did it as a joke. Because the alternative like, is you, is you take money. nothing and you get gold. And it was like 50 gold, so it was like whatever. And he just did it as a joke, and then it was like, oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah, when we were, what, 70 hours in, suddenly learning yeah. the mechanic? Love it. Yeah. Love it. What a good game. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I didn't really intend to talk about that that long, but I guess <laughs> Here we we've are. got a, a lot, lot more experience with it now. <laughs> um, I've also just basically been playing God of War, Ragnarok. For a long time, a long, long time. Have you finished it yet? Um, I have not finished it yet. I played a lot yesterday and today, hoping to finish it before the podcast. I'm Failure. not done. I'm not close to done. I I'm 75 hours in at this point, which is 10 more hours than it took Caleb to 100 percent the game. Are you okay? Um, Are you just like? Do you die a lot? What's going on? What's I up? do die quite a bit. I think I most see. of the extra time is just dying repeatedly in fights. Mm. What difficulty are you on? Uh, the one below you. No mercy. <laughs> Gosh, give me, so cute. Give That's me adorable. No mercy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, it's really hard. I think I don't know. And also, See, I, the... I refuse to move on from things that are obviously <laughs> too high of a level for me to too do. Hard. Oh. It's it's a real problem. I'm like, no, I'm gonna finish this area and then not come back here. It'll be done. I'll be done with it. Um, See, I think the secret is so the difficulty you're on is called "Give Me No Mercy," but on right. the higher difficulty, you can just have a mercy pocket the whole game, so you're always being healed <laughs> or you can get damage boosted, which is uh, really really helpful. The joke. Yes, please Gosh. give me a mercy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what mine's called. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um. It continues to be excellent. I think it's easily one of my favorite games of all time at this point. Oh wow! Um, better than the yeah. First one? I don't know. Yeah, I like it better okay. than the first one. And also, I the first one is like one of my favorite games. So <laughs> it is definitely it's, it's, this is way up there. I uh, yeah, it definitely. First one feels like it drags its feet a lot. Although this one has started to drag its feet, but it definitely gets going a lot quicker than the first one. You never walk up a mountain and have to walk back down it, at least so far. (laughs) So far, there was a part I thought because I was like, oh, you know, I'm enjoying this. We're moving along. And then it's like, hey, do you want to ride a yak for an hour? And I was like, oh, (laughs) gosh, do I not want to do that, actually? 
we were doing really good. I was having a good time. So, you know, it still does fuck you around a little bit. I was just thinking that's the part you probably have an issue with. <laughs> I, yep, just finished and... it. Literally, I sat down to play it, got started doing that, and I was like, this can't be that long, right? And then, like, an hour later, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do literally anything else. So I, I, I didn't even consider that. I don't know. I like those parts, too. It's It's like a juxtaposition of, like, you know, hardcore, nail-biting dying a hundred times against a single boss versus like i'm gonna take a little bunny trail like, like story break now when i load up a game called god of war <laughs> i'm not like god i hope i get to ride a yak really slowly <laughs> that's what i want for the next yeah. hour of my life is really slow yak riding yeah like i don't like it's it i don't even know because it's not even like the plot is particularly interesting. There's like a new character there. And at first it's like, oh, wow, a new character in like a new location. That's cool. And then like after like 30 minutes of riding the fucking yak, I'm like, OK, <laughs> I got it. Let's go. Let's go slay more deities. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what Kratos does. Here, he kills kill all the gods. gods. <laughs> Not ride a, a literal yak. Oh my god, it's okay. It's fine, man. Yeah, so I'm. I think I'm getting close to the end. I, I've done a lot of, a lot of side stuff over the last two days, and none of the story. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so much. Vanaheim is like enormous for side stuff. Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh, there's so. I don't much understand there. it. I don't understand. They kept on. They just kept on giving me new quests, and I was like, mm -hmm. I have like five already in this one area, in this one little area. Stop it. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. You have to learn about this world and your past. I'm like, ah, okay, fine, I'll learn. <laughs> and I already feel like I'm going to skip a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, it's all good exploration content. It's rarely... There's like yes. a couple fetch fetch kind of quests, but it's pretty rare. A lot of it leads to cool boss fights. Do mm -hmm. like boss fights? Is there yeah. no spoilers? Is there something kind of like the Valkyries? Yes. Yes. Let's go. Is yeah. there a fucking fog world where you have to grind for several hours to do anything? Mm. Oh, pregnant pause. I don't like that. I don't like so. Okay. I like Not that. that I experienced. Cool. 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 I did all the side content though. So yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't had to grind. I actually, I lied because I just did that for a couple hours today. Wow. Grinded, but that you immediately. But that was like <laughs> that was instant. immediately. That was I know, but that was like not necessary. That was because I was I figured out where I could like after I did some stuff. I was like, oh, you can get these materials here. I'm gonna sure. stay here for a while. Oh, and because these are this this is the stuff I've been waiting for to upgrade some of my armor to nine at this point. So sure. I finally okay. can transpog my ar armor to look like the default armor, which is the best looking set. I think Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I see maybe why you haven't finished the game yet. Mm. <laughs> okay. um, Just the, yeah. the fog world really disheartened me because I was really enjoying the Valkyries in the first game. And then one of them was in the fucking fog world. And it was like, oh, you want to do this boss fight? Well, you're going to have to grind for a few hours to get enough gear to survive the fog long enough to do the boss fight. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm not. 
yeah, is the problem yeah, with that. I'm just like not going that. to do that. That is fantastic to hear. Yeah. Aaron will play it someday. <laughs> Maybe. I just realized I'm someday. muted. Uh, Caleb, let's move on to you. Sure. Uh, I got a few games here. The first one is called Signalis. It's a survival horror game, a la Silent Hill, Resident Evil, that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty dang solid. It's got really good atmosphere, pixel art, visuals that are really solid, good audio. Uh, weird. Can pixel art be scary? Wild. Yeah. To you, almost certainly, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. What if there's a scary noise? Well, I, I, I've never played a pixel art horror game, to be fair. I just wouldn't think it would be uh, effective, but... It's not... It's not like... Maybe maybe pixel art's too low level for it, because it's, it's a little prettier than that, normally. Uh... Yeah, it's like really high-res pixel art, kind of. Not even really pixel art, I guess. It kind of is. It's it's weird. I don't know is how to describe it. Or it really. is it not? It's, you should have a look <laughs> at it. It's kind of... It's kind of. But it's like high-res pixel art. It almost uh, looks like... You know what it looks like? It looks like um, Unsighted. Yeah. From last uh, year. Yeah. yeah. It's where it's like... it's Calling it pixel art doesn't seem right, but it's definitely not just like regular graphics it's mm-hmm. more pixely than that that's a good know. description it's like pixel art but high resolution see we got it we did it <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's the it's the best one of those i played in a while um i guess since resident evil 2 remake came out so not that i've played a ton of these games but it's, it's say, really good you... i was curious you compared it to silent hill have you played any silent, I haven't played the silent hill games okay cool 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 but from what I've seen, it's very, very Silent Hill esque. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's got some pretty good puzzles in it. Just uh, just all around sound fun. Like Silent Hill. <laughs> Are they all dumb in Silent Hill? They're weird. There's one in Silent Hill Two specifically where you have to get. There's a trap door, but it doesn't have a handle. So you need to find a wax doll, a lighter, and a horseshoe. So that way you can melt you melt the doll with the lighter and then put the horseshoe in the melted wax to make a handle for the trap door. Nothing's that insane. Ridiculous. I mean, like, that's good. That's MacGyver level stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, the worst part is like there's melee combat. So you just have like hammers and pipes. And it's like, just smash the fucking door, guy. <laughs> like, just what are we doing? I can't anyway. wait for the sequel to this game, Discordant Signals. <laughs> wow. Oh, <laughs> yes! We did it. That's rough. Worked Ooh. it in. All and right. The cast. We did it. Uh, oh, this game does some cool story stuff that I can't really talk about without spoiling it. Cool. But it does some cool story stuff, too. So, there's that. I think, I think you're forgetting <laughs> to mention something really important about it. What's that? Is it not on the Humble store? Yes. If you have Humble is... Monthly, we have it? Yeah, if you have Humble Monthly, you can get it on the Humble app for free and play it there. So nice. You absolutely should. It's good to know, because it's been sitting in my cart for a while. Oh, yeah, don't buy it, because yeah. you yeah. already, you own, already it. own it. 
Also, Alex, if you play it, you have to stream it. <laughs> Any oh, scare? I want to see you stream at least one scary game. That's Any like my scary goal. Game. Any Man, scary I'll, game. I'll stream Callisto. Please. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Maybe Let Tuesday. Let us play it first. That way, you don't. Spoil. Okay, fine. Yeah, uh, it comes out on Friday. You guys need to get ahead enough that you can watch the stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two other games I've been playing. Both of them pretty similar. Uh, they're RPGs, kind of text basedy, a lot like uh, Disco Elysium style RPG. That's fine. Uh, and both really good. So I played Citizen Sleeper, which Alex has talked about before. So I won't rehash too much of that. Uh, but like he said before, the the dice system in it is really cool. You can always find ways to use your dice, even if you roll poorly uh, while you're exploring the world. And the upgrades come at a pretty frequent pace. I was actually surprised. They give you so many upgrade points. So you can boost up your stats and make your dice more worthwhile as you play. Story's pretty dang good. There's a lot of really cool characters with a lot of character interactions that I really enjoyed. Uh, there's a DLC, There's DLC right now, so there's free DLC. Two episodes of it are out, and there will be three total. So we're still waiting on the third piece. But so far, it's pretty good. The DLC is actually the only place I found any real issues with the writing. Like, grammatical stuff occasionally pops oh. up in the DLC. Which is not great for a game that's 90% text. That but. is surprising. Mm. Mm. I only found the issues in the DLC, though. Nothing in the main game, as far as I'm aware. Mm. Uh, World's pretty cool, too. Got that... Not really... I wouldn't say cyberpunk. Like, space Bye-bye. punk. <laughs> space <laughs> punk. Space yeah. Maybe. Just like, gritty, gritty space station kind of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like google the space punk right now like the expanse yeah very expanse that's actually what drew me to that game in the first place mm, I, yeah. saw, I, I bought it i played like 30 minutes on the steam deck and i was like my eyes hurt from trying to read this text i'm gonna <laughs> play it on my computer play it there yeah yeah that's that's a rough idea there yeah yeah um but yeah it's it's quite good cool. uh the other one is called road warden very different setting this is like a mutant monster medieval kind of situation. So you you are a road warden, which means you travel the dangerous roads taking messages to between towns and stuff. Oh, and is you it have... like Death Stranding? <laughs> it's a strand type game. It's a it strand type game. Uh, Gosh. Uh, but you, you basically have this region that's yours. So you're you're traveling around. You just arrived there after the previous road warden went missing. So you're traveling around the various towns, uh, meeting everybody, trying to get on their good side so that they pay you well for delivering whatever they need. And there's a lot of horrific monsters that try to murder you out on the trail. So you gotta gotta kind of deal with your health and your armor and your uh, just time in general because you can't be out after dark because that's when the you really terrifying shame. monsters show up. There's like <laughs> there's like unicorns that are supposed to be like multiple stories tall or something, and they just like murder you if it's nighttime. Sorry, that sounds right. hilarious. Yeah, I know that one's a little weird. That's the weirdest one for sure. Very scary unicorns. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. scary unicorns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also when you first start it, it gives you a. This is something that. 
that uh, Citizen Sleeper didn't do that I really liked in Road Warden. While you're making your character, it gives you a options for your goal for that character, like a personal goal for the character. So mine was just kind of like making the region safer. And once you eventually achieve your goal, you get some boon for it, right? But it gives you like a kind of a starting point for the story because Citizen Sleeper was more, you just survive for as long as you can, right? Is and in Road Warden, of... you have a more, I don't know, concrete goal, I guess. Go it sounds, uh, the goal system almost sounds like Sunless Skies. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Is that I a think good that comparison? Is. Okay. You know what? It's very <laughs> similar to Sunless Skies. If you take out, if you overall... take out like the real time combat and turn it into like encounters with options, that it's very does similar. Sound better i do not like the combat in sunless skies well there you go okay i mean that sounds sounds pretty good to me it's it's also uh it's more text-based than citizen sleeper citizen sleeper has like a a a world you can kind of move around and mess with and you can like see the map and everything this there's very little visuals to it most scenes will have like one little image that represent the entire scene as you play it out. Oh, this is but so much text. It's a lot of text. I it's see mostly now, text. Yes. Also, for uh, anyone wondering, Road Warden, one word. One word, yeah. yeah. Also, pretty cheap, if I remember right. Oh, it yeah, it's really cheap. 824. 20, it, that's 25% off. Normally, it's Ooh. 10, $11. It's well worth it. It is a blast. The writing is excellent. No issues with Road Warden writing like at all, really. It's all sepia, which is weird. Hmm. Like the entire game. It's because it's it's old. It's old. Yeah, it <laughs> takes it's place old in the past. Yeah. Somebody found it on a shelf somewhere. They're like, we should just publish this game. Yeah. <laughs> like fully complete. This is great. But how do we let people know it's old? Oh, I know. <laughs> Make it sepia. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on and talk about a few things in Games World because we haven't been doing that yet. Um, first and foremost, Video Game Awards nominations are out. We should probably yeah. talk about this. I, I, think, I think we've talked about this. Well, off-cast, I suppose. At least everyone's yeah. looked at it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I kind of just wanted to talk about at least Game of the Year. I don't know if there are any other categories we really needed. Do we even but, need um... to talk about Game of the Year? It's gonna be stray, obviously. We're done. Gosh. It's gonna be stray. Okay. The fact that Stray's in it and Tunic is not is a travesty. I don't Honestly, understand. you're not wrong. Tunic yep. is should be in that list. The important yep. thing is that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 made it. Yeah. <laughs> and Horizon, which yeah, Horizon man, that does not West. deserve a spot there. No, it does not. That's funny. Xenoblade has like a really dedicated following. And yeah, people I know... are really into it. Those people were like incredibly excited that they're finally getting recognition. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but like it's it is cool that it's in here, but like it's not gonna beat Elden Ring, you know what no, I mean? No. Like, right? No, they definitely if, just tried to fill this list with something. Yes, <laughs> if if anything beats Elden Ring, the video game awards will just like not be as valid anymore. I, you know, I would accept. That a lot of people like God of War, Ragnarok better than they like Elden Ring. None of these other games. No. Yeah, no. I mean, all the, all the I other. Can ones. Understand I understand God yeah, of War. Yeah, I think winning. there is one correct choice, 
another acceptable <laughs> choice. And then there are a few other ones here. Yeah. I think we didn't even say everything that was on here. A Plague Tale Requiem's on here. My game's oh, yeah. pretty okay. Oh, that, that's everything. That's all. That's it. Mind, that's everything. We mentioned the other one. <laughs> yeah. There's just that one. Horizon One Dawn. We talked about Stray, mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Ragnarok, and Elden Ring are all I of them. I think uh, Elden Ring coming out in February could hurt it because recency bias is a thing. That is true. Yeah. But then but Elden Ring came out for win. everything, whereas Ragnarok was PlayStation only, mm-hmm. which yeah. does cut the audience. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Audience vote is only ten percent of yeah, the consideration. Sure. That is true. So it basically, true. doesn't matter. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's basically nothing. I don't know how much politicking happens on the back end. Like how how official is it? Just the critics and stuff being like, "Yeah, this is the one that I think should win." And how much is it like people lobbying for? Awards. What you're looking for is you want more transparency in their selection process. <laughs> I, don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, I, never, I, I don't know. I never really put much stake in the VGA, the Spike VGA Awards. Mm. <laughs> I, don't I know, think in, term, me. in terms of like game of the year and like what games have affected the industry, I think Elden Ring easily takes it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like freaking. Said, there's one right choice, and it's Elden. My, my, my sister-in-law's dad is playing Elden Ring. Wow. He does not play any game. Like the the most he gets into is like, like turn-based combat stuff, or like maybe some MMOs. And he is playing Elden Ring because he heard about it because of all the hubbub, and liked how it looked. And he bought a controller. Didn't have a controller. Bought a controller just to play Elden Ring. Wow. Listen, for the first time in my career at Rulon, I have had my company I work for, uh, for those who are listening and don't know who I work for. You don't work full time for the Horizon? That's crazy, right? <laughs> no wonder uh, the podcast hasn't taken off. I had three coworkers this year who do not play video games, who know I play video games, asked me if I had played Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. I have never had a conversation with these people in my life about video games, let alone a specific one. And they were like, do you play Elden Ring? Excuse <laughs> That's me. Really funny. It's like having having a conversation with somebody about about something that they're not. That's like not relevant to them. Is basically the equivalent of seeing somebody outside of their normal spot. Like if you that time you saw me when I was in Reston, or it's like yeah. out of place, and you're like, uh, 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 yeah, what what's happening? Yeah, it's same exact thing. I have a coworker comes up. They're like, hey, have you played? Uh, I think it's called Elden Rings or Elden Ring. <laughs> I don't know it's, where I'm at right now, but I need to leave. I need I need to go. Who who are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Are we planning on going through a couple of these other ones? I don't I don't know if anyone cared about any of the other ones. That was really the only one I wanted to discuss. I mean the the other big one that's been uh of question on the internet's on the on the line, if you will, is best narrative. Mm. Um <laughs> Because Elden Ring was nominated for this, and a lot of people are throwing fits. There's not a lot of like narrative in the game. It's more world building. I mean, sure. Storytelling, I guess. It's because there's so much storytelling that's not in the forefront. Uh-huh. It's, it's sort of non-traditional storytelling, right? It, well, because it's mm-hmm. doing the Dark Souls thing, where it's like a lot of item right. descriptions and a lot of like, you know, world. You know the. 
What am I? Environmental, environmental. storytelling. That's yeah. what I'm looking yeah. for. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, well, what's really tough is that Horizon One Dawn is in this, and obviously that's gonna win <laughs> because everyone loves Aloy and her bow. The story just was not good either. It's um, it is surprisingly bad. There's not really much of it. No, no, it's um, I don't like it. Mm-mm. I haven't finished it, but I don't like it. Again, I'd much prefer having Tunic in here than Horizon. Yeah. Didn't list. Yeah. Tunic did make it in it for made... best indie. Best indie. Yeah, least. which sure. should easily win, I think. Yeah. I'd bet Compared to the other indies? Mm-hmm. Also, best debut indie. Mm. Oh, that's their first published game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that dude has been working like... on it for ages. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, it's right? basically one guy. Yeah. Insane. With like some supporting stuff from other people. Uh, a lot of people think Vampire Survivors will take best debut though. It might. Mm. Uh, yeah. Neon uh, White I think also like has a chance. Um, did any of you guys play uh, Metal Hellsinger? I did not. recently. I was going to say, okay. I saw Caleb playing that like this afternoon. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's up for best score in music, which I find. I mean, okay, so like if you look at the first mm-hmm. like six or seven categories, it's Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, Ragnarok, typically Xenoblade Blade Chronicles, and then they'll like swap one or two games out. Yeah. You know? Uh, but this one specifically, I thought it was interesting that it was in here. It must have be a really freaking cool soundtrack if it's... I mean, this... it's got it's... a banging all metal soundtrack, and when you get to a 16 times score, the vocals kick in, and it is pretty awesome. Mm. This is the category that I saw the Xenoblade community being like this is the one we have to win this is the one we have a chance for <laughs> because they they absolutely say xenoblade chronicles 3 has the best music in like all of video games oh wow they're like you need to li- don't even play the game just go listen to the the soundtrack it's so good <laughs> i'm like geez guys come on did you listen to it <laughs> i didn't actually <laughs> no gosh <laughs> I should have, I will, so I could give my opinion. Will, but. I'm going to listen to I'm going to put it in the cast notes right now under mm-hmm. our segment for next time. It'll be Xenoblade 3 soundtrack review. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I will listen to the whole thing. We'll, we'll do it too. Some of us. Right. Yeah. I did. I also wanted to make note here. I did see that uh, under best esports event, the international was not listed for this year. Yeah, weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost like maybe it was <laughs> poorly executed or something. I don't know. Was it? They... Yeah, it's kind of kind of a mess this year. Oh mm. man! Apparently, the players kind of a mess last year too. But the players in the booths could hear the crowd. Mm, that's great. And I think Alex, weren't you saying they could like hear the announcer callouts? Yeah, so they could well, like. The, oh, that's the, the thing that's was, hilarious. There, was, there were no glass booths. They just had them sitting there. <laughs> oh. Oh, I thought they had booths. They had no, no booths at all. They got rid of the sound booth booths. Oh my god! So the announcers are like talking about the. I other think they're team like, what's their space for them doing? Yeah, they were like, oh, this fucked up. And it. It's like, well, anybody that understands English now has an advantage because they just oh said that they smoked up. That's really funny. Yeah, what a mess. Dumb. What a mess. They've right, always said that they oh, can like sorry. feel like kind of the vibe because that makes it through like if the crowd's getting loud or if like you know they can kind of tell a little bit from that but it's not like you know call outs active call outs yeah Mm -hmm. nuts 
Let's talk about two other things in game world. First and foremost, Paragon. Yeah, Paragon. I don't know what is wrong with me, but a couple of days <laughs> ago, I was like, man, why haven't, why hasn't anybody else tried to do like a good like shooter MOBA? Because like Paragon was pretty neat. That was, it's like an Epic Games third person shooter, like traditional MOBA with like three lanes and everything, but like it's a shooter instead. I don't know. Um, and I was like, I'm kind of sad they shut that down because uh, I'd like to try that right now. And then randomly today I was looking through Steam and there's um, this game called Predecessor. And I was like, oh, it's MOBA FPS. Oh, okay. This is what I was just thinking about the other day. And then you get a little bit farther into it. And I'm like, wait a second. I know these assets. And it's <laughs> the same characters. It's the same characters from Paragon that got shut down in 2018. Apparently Epic Games just like gave away all the assets for free after they shut it down. And so people have been working on like bringing it back independently for a while. And so now there's this game called Predecessor that just went into early access on December 1st. Um, and it's basically that game again, which is kind of cool. But not only that, if you wait until December 7th, there's another one called Paragon the Overprime, which is basically the same thing. It's the same assets, again, going into early access. <laughs> Third-person shooter MOBA. It's almost like just giving away the assets free and being like, yeah, just build the same game again. It's not a great idea. I don't know. <laughs> Now they have two competing exactly the same games with the same characters and same assets. It's very funny. <laughs> so weird. And the the fact that they're coming out a week apart is also very funny. Like they could not have coordinated this better. I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Was Paragon like good? Um, it was interesting. I don't think it ever hit like good level. But they also didn't like invest that much in it. And then it's also around the same time that Fortnite started getting really big, so they just kind of dropped everything else. Wasn't um wasn't Battleborn also an FPS MOBA? Yeah, it was if kind of a hybrid. Battleborn. Yeah. I literally vaguely. never played it, but it was yeah. a little There okay. was some sh- there was uh, definitely some shooter characters in that. Mm-hmm. That one, if I remember correctly, was less like classic MOBA structured and more like, more like a arena shooter. based, mm, but like with objectives right. still, but like not like the classic like three lane map, like creeps and all that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Uh, I'll try both of them, maybe. You should. <laughs> and we'll, should. we'll report back. If they're free. Um... How about Smash World Tour? Yeah, uh, so this is the other big thing that happened recently. Nintendo has put forth their license fist and shut down the Smash World Tour, essentially. Um, This is a big deal because the Smash competitive community has kind of been gaining steam over the last 20 years, slowly over time, and has just now kind of reached a peak point where they're they're like over the last like years or so putting together a circuit where you get like points for all these different competitions and then you go to like the world tour at the end and there's going to be like a big you know like this is the best smash player in the world sort of situation when the competition's over and this one is going to have like a prize pool of like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is like the biggest that they've ever seen in that scene um 
And there's a whole bunch of controversy around this because Nintendo, uh, like the day before Thanksgiving, basically cease and desisted them and said, you can't use our licensed stuff and you can't broadcast it. And so now they're not going to be able to put on this tournament in December, which was going to be their big highlight of the year. And there's all this weird stuff going on in the background. So there's this esports organization called Panda um, that is kind of starting up a competing world tour for Smash and has been throughout the year trying to like steal events from uh, the Smash world tour. And at first they were like, everybody that's in our circuit needs to be exclusive to us. Panda, that is. And then when they weren't really getting traction because everybody is like really dedicated to this like scene that they've invested a lot in, um, they started saying like, okay, you can have your your tournament be run and the points will apply to both the Smash World Tour and our thing if you want to do that. And then there was like some weird stuff with the CEO of Panda started threatening people that they were going to get their or their events shut down and threatening even like the uh the Smash World Tour. And then it came out that Panda had been in talks with Nintendo to do an officially licensed tour. Gosh. And that is now coming to fruition and they have like pressed on Nintendo to get them to shut down all this other stuff. Jesus. Um, and it's kind of like everybody's just really upset with them. <laughs> I don't it, Yeah, I don't. That's kind of like the cliff notes that I know about it because I'm not really in the scene, but uh, the CEO seems like kind of a, a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Nintendo and their frickin' copyright have always been kind of just the worst. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like they pull shit like this all the time. Like, back when Let's Plays were getting really big, Nintendo was, like, mm-hmm. shutting down people playing Pokemon and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is bananas, because that's... It's called free advertising? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like, also uh, tried to pull Smash from Evo a few years ago, and there was such an outcry against that that... Uh, they ended up allowing it. Um, but yeah, this this has been a thing over and over again, whether they try to shut down their content being broadcast in any way. It just is. It's so ass backwards to me. Like, it seems like you should be encouraging like shit like Evo. That's how you get people to buy your fucking several year old game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they see people playing it and they go, shit, that looks like fun. And then they buy it, or they buy the DLC, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And the, I think the other thing is, um, Smash World Tour has actually been in contact with Nintendo to try to, try to get licensed so that they can continue. Mm-hmm. And they were like, like things weren't working out with those negotiations, and so they were like, "Can we just like do our own thing for 2023?" And then we'll like we'll negotiate with you throughout the year and try to do like an official thing starting twenty twenty four. And Nintendo was like, "Nah, none, none of that. Get it out of here." Freaking Nintendo, dude. <laughs> yeah, I swear. Um, 
let's close this out with one thing in film. I wanted to mention this, even though I mentioned this two weeks ago, but Andor is the best Star Wars show oh, ever good. made. <laughs> yeah, I've watched there a lot since. of competition for this. Oh. It's very good, actually. You watched the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Man. Quite good. Um, I did want to bring up one interesting factoid is that uh, the season finale almost had the first F-bomb drop for a Star Wars <gasps> thing almost. ever. Wow. They almost. wouldn't let they, him do it. Yeah, they wouldn't let him do it. They record it. So there's this speech that happens in the last episode that's, like, actually incredible. Um, and one of the lines is, fight the Empire. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but if you were recording those They're going to substitute a word there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those lips ain't saying fight. <laughs> um, man, what a freaking good show! Again, I I will, I'm gonna promote this every chance I get because I think it's a freaking awesome show. But you could literally strip out all of Star Wars in this, and it would still be an excellent twelve I episode mean, series. To be 12, fair, 11, 12, 12, I think. I mean, to be fair, they they did strip all of the Star Wars out of it, right? There is not a single mention of the Force. There is not a single lightsaber. There are right. no Jedi's. You know, you, like right. This that is straight up removed. just normal fucking people. Yeah, that part they removed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Normal people, Owen. You can't. <laughs> it's Star Wars. You can't. Use yeah, that. you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, go watch it. Needs to be watched. Excellent show. Uh, they also need more viewers so they can still be convinced that they need to continue with season two and renew it for season three. I mean, there's not going to be a season three, huh? They, 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 the director already said he's only doing two. Oh, really? Yeah, this is this is exciting stuff. Then okay, yeah, good. He, that means they're gonna, they're gonna like, conclude I'm doing it. two seasons. The last thing that you see at the end of season two is going to be Andor stepping onto the shuttle to go to whatever fucking planet is that he starts Excellent. Rogue One on. Like he's Excellent. like, that's it. I already know. It. Like he's like, we've already figured out the last shot of the season. Don't yeah. worry about it. Like super. Cool. I was listening. I was listening to a podcast. They're talking about how good it was, and one of the guys has not seen Rogue One, and he was like. Yeah, this show is excellent. He's like, I'm just going to not watch Rogue One until season two is finished, and then I'll just watch Rogue One as like the cap <laughs> to the end of the show. I mean, not a bad idea. I love hearing people that haven't seen Rogue One and then hearing their like their hot takes, and they're like, oh, I think Cassian's going to die here. And I'm just <laughs> like, um, he obviously uh-huh. does not. <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally. Totally going to die. Maybe they resurrect him. I was going to say, Star Wars can do that now. Yeah. <laughs> Like there's Man. there's another thing of, like I saw of like uh, someone being like oh like how is Cassian going to end up on the star to fight uh, uh, to like be part of like the trench run and everything and I was like um, I have so many bad news for you <laughs> like <laughs> does not happen. Man, good show. Go watch the show, guys. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Honestly, you just, it, go watch oof. it. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting show. Anyways, I think that's all we got this week. Actually, short podcast. What's going on? My God, do we want to weekend stall? Play the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) According to this video, yeah, it's only 11 hours, so we should be able to get through that pretty quick. Oh, man. All right, just so you know, uh, uh, schedule-wise, I think I I was looking through the calendar. Um, I think we have podcast on the 15th, normal, 29th, normal, and then I think... 12th is that going to be our game of the year podcast 12th, 12th of right? january yeah 
I gotta finish God of War by then. <laughs> it's very <laughs> soon. soon. Oh, and we can you, back it you've up. got a month and some change, fellas. Mm-hmm. And Callisto Protocol comes out tomorrow. Update and the thing start. we have the the, yes. the Marvel one. We have a Google Doc. The God of the, the with the, all God of, of your God, game of the year. Alex, Aaron. Okay, Chad's not here. I can't yell at him. And Owen. <laughs> yeah. Zero yeah. games. Zero <laughs> games. Put yeah, something in there. Game of the year. Is it our 2022 one? Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Got it. That would be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done. Is it, Done. Uh, which, uh, where, where is it located in the, the Mumble? In things? Mumble. Uh, streaming recording. This channel, streaming yeah. recording. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Yeah. I already have my list, so I'll just throw everything up there. Cool. I'm pumped. Great. Good work, everyone. Awesome. Anyways, thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. See you. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. You can also check out our new series, The Discordant Signal, a multi-arc Starfinder adventure, live on Twitch every Monday at 8 p.m. and then out on YouTube and whatever podcasting app you are using at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.